Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Natalie Bohensky and I'm pretty excited because this is the Raven on Loki subsection podcast and we're about to discuss Loki episode 5, Journey into Mystery! Why am I talking when I should be introducing my co-host, a man who likes to cry havoc and let slip the dogs of giant clouds, <laughs> Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Yes, I, I much prefer uh, attack alligators. That, that, that seems, that's much more my speed. Do you identify as an attack alligator? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get cancelled. Don't want to get cancelled. Let's, let's steer away from that. We have another special guest this week from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. You might know him as Not Greg. That's right. <laughs> Hello, gentle listeners. I identify as a Thanos copter. Yes! I feel like Stu just punched the sky. I I did, I did. Well, Stu has to explain Thanos Copter to me because I... With pleasure. (laughs) I've seen a little bit of buzz and I made sure to not write that on my minute challenge. (laughs) Have that first. So um, let's crack on. I just want to say as we get into this episode, this is the penultimate episode of Loki season one. And I just want to say it's Loki in the void beyond death with a whole bunch of Loki variants. I think this might have been the most fun hour of television I've watched this year. It was so good, wasn't it? Like, I mean, it was just, I described it on Twitter as pure gleeful chaos, and it was exactly that. I loved it. Well, I described it on Twitter as, I think I said that there's not a lot that comes close to the wonderful mix of chaos and pathos that was Xena Warrior Princess at its best. (laughs) I felt that that episode did it. And I mean that as the highest possible praise. Yes. Oh, yes. Coming from you, that is the highest possible praise. And and congratulations on finally working a Xena reference in here. (laughs) One day, my friend, we are doing Raven on the Xena edition. Sure. It's going to take us years, but we're going to recap everything. <laughs> this is the thing. There were so many elements of that. It was just fun storytelling, adventure. It just had such lovely, lovely, for me, connections of how I used to feel watching things like Xena, which were all mm. about mad adventure and chaos and big speeches and lovely characters and defining moments of glory and, you know, and I just had such a fun time watching it all and I'm really thrilled that the series did this whole episode. I think if nothing else, it will have made it one of my best watches of the year and that's just one episode of the series. Well, I felt it was unnecessary filler. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you being comedically uh, contrary or did you actually think that? From a narrative standpoint, I felt that you could skip this episode and miss nothing of the story of this season of Loki. Not to say that I didn't enjoy it very much. And I can see where you're coming from because at the end of the day, they're just going to, they had to get past the dog, the cloud dog, and get to the real big bat. And that's what they did. But it was a character episode. Was it? Yeah. Well, you got to yes, learn. Yes, absolutely it was. But, but, but not Loki. You learned about a bunch of new characters. But they're all Loki. They're all Loki. Loki. They're all aspects of the same character. Are they though? They are. They are. He he's learning about himself by watching different versions of himself. Really, an aspect of variant Loki. Well, I just am confused because I thought we said it was a caiman, and I think its nose was too snub to be an alligator. I thought. (laughs) Look, I'm just going by the credits. But the thing is, I can take your point, Dan. I really can see how you could skip from the end of episode four or have Sylvie going into the void and then her and Loki crossing and going to see the big bad. But I think that would deny you the fun of the adventure. It's definitely a fun adventure. It's an arc of classic Loki, 
weirdly enough, which is probably jumping ahead a little bit, but classic Loki is a very interesting character. Yes. Absolutely. Like if you if I watched a, a 36-minute adventure about people meeting classic Loki and kid Loki and alligator Loki, then I would have gotten that story and had a wonderful time, which is exactly what I got, and I had a wonderful time. But again, you could snip the entire thing out and stick I, it somewhere else and still enjoy the f- other five episodes of Loki. And I agree with you as a series, but as an individual episode, I think it just adds so much delight and fun and joy and pathos and a bit of romance and friendship. And Well, the funny thing is I felt a little bit this way when – Loki and Sylvie ended up on that doomed planet for an entire episode. Yeah, the bottle episode. That you don't understand what a bottle episode no, is. No, I think I do. <laughs> a bottle episode is created. It's a thing that involves having no money for an episode and doing everything real cheap in one room. It does not involve four or five major CG heavy set pieces. <laughs> Probably the most convoluted and complex faux single camera shot ever attempted on television at an enormous cost that would probably be the most expensive episode of the entire series which is the antithesis of what a bottle episode is you don't know what a bottle is not oh this planet here oh they're confined to this planet that's every episode of every television show where they're confined to a planet and welcome to Raven On, where we specialise in... Well, I'm raving on. Yes. That's, specialize... I'm, I'm on brand, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think we would be the poorer as a species if we didn't have this particular episode of Loki. Oh, yeah. It was fun to watch. It was so fun. It was a blast. I mean, if nothing else, this episode pays off the promise of the series, which is that you're going to have 50 different variants of Loki all, all running around doing their own thing. And I think the only thing that I didn't like about the episode, which I understand why it had to happen, I really wish that Richard E. Grant would stay around for longer (laughs) or or be able to pop up somewhere else because he's so- He pocketed that fat, fat Marvel check and he he, he showed up for a couple of weeks, did his time. It's just when you hate it when someone so amazing has just such a short role and then you're like, damn it, that's all we're going to see of them. He did the same on Doctor Who too. He was in like one or two episodes and then he kind of left and he seems to do that a lot. He just sort of takes, you know, short little jobs, which is obviously suits him maybe. I don't know. Before we get, given that you just mentioned Doctor Who, I do want to posit something to you both and and then we'll get into our minute challenge. I think this episode reminded me of Doctor Who fun stuff. Well, I mean, the, the last episode certainly did. Um, Is that fair to say? You know, you had the Doctor with companions having to survive and, and running into trouble. There's and- a lot of running. There's a lot of running. There's a big gesture at the end where he brings Asgard back. Sure. He literally spends his life away from Asgard thinking about himself and Mm -hmm. then gets lonely. And his final act is to bring his home back. Yes, that world. I reckon that, yeah. And to me. A new disposable character sacrifices themselves for the main character. (laughs) Well, I did. Yes, that, I mean, look, it was, I understood why, because I was thinking, gee, is Sylvie or Loki going to have to destroy themselves here too? Because that made narrative sense that one of them might go. But yeah, no, you're right. It is a Loki sacrificing himself, but he's getting to do it. It brings his circle full story, his story full circle. Not his circle full story. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I did feel like, oh, this is how sort of Doctor Who made me feel when it was such a fun, rollicking adventure. When it was good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it definitely evoked all of that fun, chaotic energy when Doctor Who's firing on all cylinders. 
Yes, and it had a little bit of Tom Hiddleston as both kind of the Doctor character but also the companion character in a way. Mm. So he kind of embodied both of those roles in, at different times. But now let us go to Stuart Late, master of pop culture <laughs> knowledge, master of Marvel. Remember when he got the name right on that Game of Thrones character last week? That was killer. <laughs> Like I said, my brain is broken. No, no, I think Dan's insulting me for once again having a pop culture podcast. <laughs> and I don't seem to know anything. Only accidentally. Like that was supposed. That was mostly a gesture of goodwill to Stu. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stu, please take it away. Your minute challenge. Yes. So the first thing on my minute challenge, as predicted, is Thanos copter. <laughs> uh, it happened. It happened, Natalie. <laughs> It's canon. It's in the MCU. Okay, so please explain Thanos Copter. Right, okay. So Thanos Copter is one of the most ridiculous things that have ever happened in comics. (laughs) The the very, very short, simple version is that there was once a slightly out of continuity one-shot comic book made for very young children, not like a mainline Marvel title, like like a special like one-off comic book made for like really little kids that had a lot of very simplistic stories, but starring like Marvel heroes. And one of those stories was Thanos comes to New York because Hellcat has the cosmic cube for some reason, and he has to chase her around New York for some reason in a helicopter with his name written on the side of it. You can Google it, Thanos Copter. It's all over the internet. Basically, it's it's a what I love about it is that it's a bright yellow extremely 1960s style helicopter like they they haven't made it like a space copter it is a earth helicopter from 1971 it looks like about to run out yes exactly yeah it looks like the the helicopter's landing on mash (laughs) bright yellow with his name just written in sans serif font on the side on the on the tail just yeah. Thanos. That's the Thanos copter. Um, so it's it's gone down in. I think that's impact. Oh, um, is it? Oh, there we go. You no, know, it's that kind of lettering where you know you get it's stenciled. It's a stenciled on. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get absolutely. The letter. Like, it makes you think that Thanos actually was out there with a spray paint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, how are they going to know it's me? <laughs> It's already yellow, but uh, is that enough? So that that was a thing that happened. Obviously, someone found it a while ago on the internet, scanned it, put it up, instant internet meme. It's gone everywhere. Everyone, every every comic book geek knows about the Thanos copter. But to see it in the MCU, in in this, I mean, this is where you're going to see it if you're going to see it yes, anywhere. That's right. Is in this like weird drain trap of comic book detritus. So so we finally get a canonical MCU appearance of the Thanos copter, and I couldn't be happier. I didn't notice the Thanos. I will admit, I did notice that there was this sort of crashed plane because there was a whole, well, it wasn't a plane, it was obviously a chopper, but there are a whole bunch of things in that, that those early scenes where they're running around the void. There are lots of Easter eggs. It was and great. We, well, this is the thing. We had postulated that it was New York, an abandoned New York, which I still think there's some element of New York there because they showed the there, There's definitely a wrecked Avengers Tower there. Yes. It doesn't have Stark Industries on the side of it, though. No, it, it doesn't. No, it has something else. What does it have? Uh, it has, uh, I think it's Quig on the side, which is a reference. We've been embarrassing bodily omission from a woman. That's a Quig. Queef Tower is a very different place. <laughs> yes, it yes, is a very different place. There's a lot of yoga. <laughs> But no, yeah, so there's another reference. There's a very subtle reference there to something that we've been dancing around for a while on as we talk about this show. So I'll aware, just leave it at that. Are you aware of what the Greg and Stu have been dancing around? I am. It's a, And it's just a character that comic book nerds know. And if they think he's going to turn up in the final episode of Smokey, they're insane. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, the thing that's, is, I, I, I'm coming to think that maybe it's not going to happen. It could be a Mephisto-level, you know, wish. 
I'll because, tell you but what, I, I feel like there's a lot more there's a lot more uh supporting evidence for this one rather than the Mephisto prediction but I definitely think at this stage it's making less and less sense for it to be him the thing with these Marvel stories is that all of the stories except for the Avengers are self-contained so the mm. only person that it can be is someone who somehow relates to the rest of the story sure for them to drop something in that comic book nerds recognize but the viewing audience doesn't those people are going to be confused and bemused <laughs> yes I, I think if, if it was a brand new character at this point, it would be very strange Agatha? indeed. Agatha was Agatha was the the next door neighbor from the very yeah. first episode, and it's all about witches. And it's like, oh, it turns out Agatha was also a witch. Is a very standard, normal yeah, narrative thing. It was Agatha all along. Yeah, mm. and everyone guessed it from the second episode. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Oh, I I didn't know what 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 I'd be guessing at. I just enjoyed watching it. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so you're talking about the Queef Tower, but also yes. when they were walking around, there were like these giant heads. Yes, the yes, they were. Soil. Yep. I don't know what they were. There was like a, a what looked like a very traditional UFO kind of smashed <laughs> into the ground. Mm, yeah, I like that. Like a petulant child had kind of slammed a cookie to the ground. Such and- a such beautiful design in these landscapes. Mm. It, was, it must be so such a fun job of being a design artist on that and going, Oh, you guys get to pick any nonsense that has ever happened in a Marvel story and you get to sort of incorporate it into this this sort of absurd apocalypse. Well, not even not even directly relating to Marvel, because of course, like in a in a key sequence in the episode, we see the Philadelphia experiment uh, warship sort of land <laughs> yes. and then fight off the, the monster for a while. So, like, it's not just it's not even just like MCU ephemera. It's it's just random pop culture stuff. Like, like just they're pulling from everything. It's incredible. Are they pulling from DC at all? Because on the <laughs> on actually, the- that's an interesting question. I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything from DC. I think they'd probably be dancing a bit close oh. to the to the line. There, but it was just when they went into their bunker. So they went to the top of a hill, and there was yes. a bunker in the ground, and they mm-hmm. lifted up the bunker lid. And when they brought it down, and then mm-hmm. located it again later, there was like a green symbol on the bunker. See, I was trying to be attentive. Oh, and, okay. And there was a green symbol that kind of looked like. Look, I don't know the Green Lantern very well. But all I could think of, oh, there's like a green symbol. Is that Green Lantern? And then I went, no, of course it couldn't, Natalie, because that's not. Marvel, that's DC. See, I know that much, Dan. You can't you can't fail me for not knowing my DCs from my Marvels. I mean, Dan, that is impressive. That's that an impressive exactly. level of knowledge. That, you know what? No one could do that a decade ago. Yeah. No one could do that <laughs> Marvel and DC a decade ago. And then suddenly, but like I grew up being like, yep, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, they're all together. That's fine. <laughs> it never clicked that Spider-Man never turned up in the League of the the, the League of Heroes. Nations? League of what was the Justice League in the Justice League, but the Hall of Super Friends? <laughs> yes, yeah. No, no Spider Man in the Hall of Super Friends never clicked. That there was a reason for that. Wait, there's an actual Hall of Super Friends? Well, there was, there was famously a cartoon called Super Friends, which was about the Justice League. Why wasn't it called the Justice League? Because they're all because friends. because they're all friends and they're super oh, super friends. <laughs> Not like uh, us. I was about to say, guys, can we be super friends? <laughs> we already me. are. <laughs> Oh, it was the super friends you made. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> so did you recognize anything else comic booky, Stu, is what I'm Oh, my God, yes, I did, Natalie. Okay, so the very second item on my list is Throg. So the, th- <laughs> the frog who is Thor. 
the frog who is okay. So this was this was when that when you mentioned the the bunker. So when they pan down, we see a Mjolnir sitting yes. in the in the dirt, yes. and quite close to it, a glass jar with a frog inside, with a little cape and a and a helmet on. See, I couldn't see it as a frog. I saw it as a tiny Thor. It I was actually... a very quick, very quick, and even looking back at the footage, it's almost impossible without slowing it down to yes. frame, to just frame by frame to see that it's a frog. But people were exp- were like, huh, a five-foot-tall Thor, I bet I know what genus that is. Five-centimetre? Five-inch. Because I was about to say a five-foot-tall Thor. It's very impressive, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm Mighty Thor. <laughs> really? You didn't say your proper height on your Tinder bro- profile? <laughs> Thor definitely has a profile. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Copyright Natalie, a profile. A profile. That is gold. Maybe I can start a new app called Profile. And it's, <laughs> it's just for dudes who want to find other dudes to work out in the gym with. Absolutely. Copyright Natalie, if you're an app developer, please get in touch. If you spell it with a PH, then it's basically just grinder. <laughs> Profile. A bro file, as in to. to oh, well, re- I thought you were saying spell it with a ph instead of a b, and I was like, what? A, no, no a instead pro- of an f. What do you? I know. I'm just saying. I got confused. <laughs> What's next on your list? <laughs> well, just to, just to explain, um, just to explain Throg for our for our listeners. If you, if you don't already know, and and why wouldn't you? One time, Loki turned Thor into a frog. Uh, it happened in um, Walt Simonson's run on Thor, uh, and it's very cute. If you look it up, Frog Thor. He was a little frog. <laughs> With a tiny little Mjolnir, and a little hat, and a cape. He still he still had the, the Thor costume, but he was a frog. And then okay. later on, there was a, another character who became. Um, they've actually been two frog Thors. So there's there was there was Thor who was turned into a frog, and then later there was a different guy who was turned into a frog who uh, took a sliver of Mjolnir and came up with his own and became Frog Thor as well. So comics, everyone. And they mentioned this. This is not the first time that Thor being turned into a frog has happened in the MCU as well. At one point, Loki was laughing about having turned Thor into a frog. Yes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which again was a reference to to, uh, Frog Thor, yes. So why was he in a jar? How was he still alive if he's in the middle of the ground? He's a god. But he's got no air. He's in a tight jar. They fly through space. (laughs) <laughs> but surely he probably holds his breath for that. Like, how can you be in a jar? And also, if he's a you're frog, right, Natalie. The uh, internal logic of the episode has crumbled like dust. <laughs> yeah. At least Frog Thor knows what a bottle episode is. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's very funny, the Dan, who I've been informed we now have to refer to him as the Dan. Capital T, capital D. I decide a contract. <laughs> Very strange. Any other Easter eggs that we need to know about that I didn't spot? Um, not really. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of others. There, um, uh, Yellow Yellow Jacket, the villain from the first Ant Man movie. We see his helmet on the ground at one stage. Um, there's a couple of others. Like like a lot of them are just like fun little Easter eggs that you can see around the place. But yes, I mean, like uh, you you can definitely go through, and I'm, I'm sure more will be found as uh, people sort of comb through frame by frame because people will do that. The internet will do its work. 
Yeah. The next item on my list was old Loki. We talked about him a little bit before, but I, I just really wanted to highlight uh, Richard E. Grant in this episode, who absolutely classic. ruled. Just yeah. a classic Loki, rather. Loved him. Absolutely fantastic. Somehow makes that costume work, even though it is actively ridiculous. I think because he plays it straight. Yeah, he's just playing it totally straight the whole time. No, I'm a grumpy fucking old man, and this is my costume, and I'm telling you to shut up. It and really looks like he's wearing some sort of super adult diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe he is. I mean, like, you know, how long was he in space? Even your Lokis can suffer with the common variety in continents, and it's not a shameful thing. <laughs> what a lovely story arc for that character, though. Like, yes, no, I loved it. There's a character who was just like, oh, no, we're not going to fight the giant smoke dog. That would be insane. And then, oh, we're leaving you to this. It was a lovely self-contained character journey. Yes. And it, was, it made the episode for me. Because I think he, I think the arrival of the Loki, the Loki with hope, the Hopely, Hopekey. President Loki. No, no, not that one. The Tom Hiddle, the main Loki, our Loki. The, All right. The main guy. He was the guy. The main variant. The main variant. <laughs> he was the one, the Delta variant. No. Uh, the, uh, the main <laughs> it has been so weird because Australia is having a little bit of a COVID crisis at the moment uh, with the Delta variant, particularly in Sydney. And it's been so weird reading newspaper reports that constantly talk about the variants. Yes, it has been actually. <laughs> there could be more variants coming if we don't get on top of this one. It's like, woo. It's weirdly tapped into the zeitgeist in a, in a very strange way. No, the, the arrival of the hope. Loki, the one going, no, we've got to take action and do something, is the spark that he needs to realise actually he's quite bored. He's got a routine and he survives because he's a Loki and that's what he does, but also he's bored and why not just go out and fuck some shit up? Yeah, our Loki seems to be different to all the other Lokis in that he's the one who's not surprised that all the other Lokis backstab all the other Lokis. It's their, their fatal weakness is that they can't see their own flaw of that <laughs> they they can't see it coming. President yeah. Loki seems genuinely surprised that he's be, he's betrayed. Yes, and and yet uh, Tom Hiddleston. I keep calling Tom Hiddleston. They're all Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> but, but the um, yeah, the main Loki. But real fake Loki. Uh, real very good. <laughs> actually central point of view character Loki has changed in some way. We talked a lot about the fact that he kind of went on an accelerated character yes. developer yes. in the first episode. And I, I think that might be it. Like, like, and, but the, also the fact that he's been around Sylvie, who is such a such a, a very a divergent version of Loki as well. And they both learned to actually trust each other. Which yes, is exactly. Their big narrative journey. Yes. They're super friends. Yes, exactly. They are. <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, and I, I, that's how you form a, a an Omega event or whatever they're called. Nexus event. Nexus yeah. event. <laughs> they're super friends. Yeah. Like my aunt and her and her best friend, and they live together. They're super friends. <laughs> super friends with so, benefits. I'm still <laughs> so into Loki and Sylvie, like hooking up, man. I'm so into it. Oh, so you enjoyed the blanket scene? Then. Oh. That blanket scene. I meant to write this on my list because it was the number one thing I came away with from the article, but of course I, from the episode, but of course I forgot. Was that move where he magics the blanket around her? Oh yeah, that's smooth, working for you. Smoothest fucking. That would have worked on. Like, oh that. my god, that was smooth because he was sitting there and it's cold, and so he makes himself a blanket, and then she says weirdly, "Oh, you could magic me another outfit. This is really uncomfortable," but he doesn't do it. 
So is the magic real or not? And then he ends up facing, they, they go out to face the monster and it's still cold, but he still hasn't magicked himself a jacket. I don't know. The, the, look, the, the inconsistencies with the fashion aside, the moment where he just gets the blanket like and, and slips it around her shoulder, it's such a wonderful take on the old, oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, I'm tired. Oh. Stu, she's doing it. She's playing it out. I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> It's all right, Dan, I'm not going to touch you, by God. But, yes, that, that blanket move was mwah, chef's kiss. It, it was very good. It Possibly was very my good. my favourite moment of the episode. Actually, no, mm. I know what my favourite was, I think. Actually, I had lots of favourites. Continue with your list, Stu. Uh, well, just to finish the old Loki thought, I, I really liked the fact that the giant distraction that he came up with was Asgard. Yes. Um, because he'd been talking the entire time about how he missed home and, you know, that the, they all have such complicated relationships with Asgard. Yes. And the fact that it was that just really, yeah, I, I thought that was just really, really smart and really interesting to and, do that as well. Yeah, and just really fitting, like, here's the power of home. Like, I yeah. we're it here so I see it one last time before I go. Kind before of he has, was it divine purpose? Glorious. Glorious purpose. Purpose. Yeah. And he's kind of ruefully laughing, you know. I, I I love it. It's so it's so well done. He's a, he was only there for one episode. It was just fantastic. I, and that's I, why I love him, but I hate it that they do that with people like Richard E. Grant. They're like, yes. right, we're going to give you this fantastic role for one episode, and you're going to die and be a hero, and everyone's going to be like, oh. <laughs> Would you like to proceed with your list, Stu? Yes, I will. So um, the we, we kind of already talked about it, but uh, I had I had written down uh, "curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal." There was uh, that great scene uh, in the bunker uh, where boastful Loki betrays them, and then everyone gets betrayed all at once, and they have a giant Loki fight, and it's just the craziest thing I've ever seen on television. It, it was just wonderful. And um, this to me was probably my favourite moment because, as I sort of hinted earlier, this to me was the most reminiscent of like straight out of Xena and I've got that on yeah. my list. It was, like it, it was very campy, very slapstick, oh, extremely silly. And scream. Yes. When he loses a hand, he goes full hook. like crazy. That's right. He lost a hand, didn't he? I had even forgotten that. But, yeah. <laughs> amazing that everyone turned on each other everyone and and then they were so busy fighting each other they didn't even notice or care that classic loki kid loki alligator loki <laughs> and main point of view character tom hiddleston loki all got away <laughs> but that explains that uh, that photo that we'd been seeing with the loki with all the you know vote loki so how was mm. he tom hiddleston and the none of the others were probably almost exclusively to have a cool shot for the poster that didn't uh, give anything away Good point. Well, Good point. Uh, they haven't really explained how these Lokis can be so variable. How is it that these these Lokis can be like giant, strong Loki and alligator Loki, and like there's 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 so much nonsense. Well, you have an infinite universe with infinite possibilities. Eventually, you're yeah. going to have an alligator Loki. But the premise is that as soon as they diverge from the main universe, they end up in mm. the in the void. But how do you have alligator? Loki lasting for so long, or child Loki. I guess child Loki and old and classic Loki are fine, but how do you get black boastful Loki who suddenly becomes not part of the the, the show, the pure timeline, or giant muscled up like he's because it doesn't giant muscled up Loki has to get muscled and muscled and muscled and muscled before finally the TVA is like that's too muscled, that's not pure. Timeline. <laughs> Go. Some of the rules to this universe are, are a little bit quirky and hard to follow. 
but then and are you saying it's vaguely eugenicist as well that it's like wait a black guy let's prune him and wait a child let's prune him. i i didn't realize that's what i was saying um and i think that makes me a bad person so <laughs> sorry everyone well it just means the tva are bad people that's all yeah, yeah, oh yeah. thank goodness that's what i mean okay. <laughs> and the tva going through going no we have to get the exact right white low-key to continue on because the kid the kid got pruned because he killed thor apparently yeah that yeah was- which was that that was that was a great line i loved it did he kill thor as a child i guess so, so well thor- yeah because because thor thor was also a child at the time did that happen in the comics no no oh, no i mean oh. like it, it just it, like they're, they're they're saying he's so young because a massive divergent event happened and then they and you know what what was that i killed thor so i guess that means that and sylvie oh. didn't kill thor uh, and that can't be her divergent event. No, well, no. As as Stu pointed out rather brilliantly last episode, she, her divergent event was wishing to be a hero. Mm, yeah, yeah. She she was in. The, I've gone back and watched it. She was she was playing Ragnarok, but saving the day. Uh, I thought that was wonderful. That was so cool. Yeah, I still can't get over that. That's such yeah. a clever thing. Yeah, she wanted to be a hero. And yeah. that's why you're too nice. Stop it. You've committed your, crimes against the sacred timeline. Is to be yeah. chaos and to inspire greatness in others. Yeah, you don't get to be a hero. It's oh, so tragic. Yeah. Why did I not cotton on to that earlier? Why am I only get, just getting this now when I was there last week during the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I blame my sleep apnea. Thank you very much. Fair Indeed. Enough. Sorry, Stu. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so the next item on my list is. Mobius, we suspected he wasn't dead given that Loki wasn't dead and it turns out he's not dead either. No deaths ever stick in the Marvel Universe. Death is a relevant and meaningless concept. How did he get there? How did he get a car? How did he know where Sylvie would be? How did he know that Sylvie would come back? How did he see Sylvie from such a distance? Because it was a very cool shot. (laughs) Well, I mean, you you can answer some of them. He survived because... They just sent him there. Turns out pruning is is that you just get sent to the void place. He found a car that was a, a variant car that was never supposed to have a pizza on its roof and got sent there and he just used it. And then he was like, huh, I bet the Lokis get pruned really soon too. I'll keep my eye open for them. And when he spotted her turn up from the, running from the beast, just tore in and saved her because he it was kind of expecting her to turn up. But how did he know where she would be on this great deserted hellscape? Because there's a giant beast chasing her to eat her. Oh, because they say later that he goes for the new ones, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, all right. And all maybe, right. maybe they all come through in the same spot? I don't know. That can be kind of explained away. <laughs> but it was very convenient. It was extremely convenient, but I mean, like, you know, you take some narrative shortcuts sometimes. A wizard did it. A wizard did it, exactly. An enchantress did it. Can we just establish the rules? Because they couldn't tempad to the void because there was nothing to lock onto. But they could But they couldn't tempad past the void. When Ravonna is talking to Miss Minutes or when she's talking to to Sylvie, she says they can't tempad past the void. So the void is the end of time. But didn't Sylvie want to use the tempad to go to rescue Loki? And she said No, she wanted to she wanted to go to the place beyond the void where the, ah. where the timekeepers were. And that's when they came up with, I assume, what was a dodgy stalling for time idea of a spacecraft that can yeah. tra- transverse the void just because of all the looks that with she... Miss Minutes had. being very sneaky. Yeah. But yeah, Mobius was back. I, I loved it. I loved that he got to interact with the Lokis. And, he, and he, like it was really interesting too because we've seen him interact with a lot with our, our main Loki, but he also got to sort of have a talk with Sylvie this time around yeah. and sort of you know talk to her. Like like this, this variant that he's been hunting for so long, they're finally in the same car, running from a smoke monster, as you do. 
You say as you do, like it's a, a thing that you don't do, but in superhero films, there's a lot of running from smoke monsters. <laughs> Actually, that's true, yeah. It's quite, a, it's quite a cheap and easy special effect. Yes, yes, that's very true. Just some particle physics, yep, get, get that on there. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, didn't they, or was that Venom or something? Wasn't there one where there was a, a really cool monster and they turned it into a smoke monster? Uh, that was the second Fantastic Four movie where they turned Galactus into a oh. giant smoke monster. And not a dude in a big hat. And not a big purple dude with a big stupid hat. What stupid hat? Big stupid hat. It looks like uh, Superman's fortress sitting yeah. on his Galactus is a big purple man with a skirt and a big stupid hat, and I love him. See? Big stupid hat. That's sort of horns. It's it's sort of horns and it's sort of crystals. It's like a a Pope hat. You know, the big Pope hat with a horn thing on it. What's he doing? What are these guys doing? (laughs) Purple and papal. Who is making their outfits? Jack Kirby. Yeah, nerds from the 70s. Okay, all right. Sorry, I won't disrespect Jack Kirby. But, um, yeah, so what does Galactus do? Uh, Galactus eats planets. But he's a dude. Yeah, I know. He's real hungry, though. He's pretty big, too. How does he eat them? Does he get a knife and fork and just kind of pass all that shit off or...? He's always stopped. Like, yeah, he must be very hungry at this point because he never really he never he never ever gets to eat a planet. <laughs> yeah, does he actually like consume them physically through his mouth, or does he like turn it into a spirit and absorb it or some shit? Is it one of those kind of get out of jail free cards so we never have to see him tucking a napkin into his collar? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we did. Um, I think you no, I think he does physically devour the planet. Okay. So make of that what you will. Pops it in his mouth like a Maltese. I bet it's sure. hand over hand, like eating a big cake. <laughs> he's, just, he's just palming. He's palming that cake like crazy. Is he troughing it? Is that what he's doing? He's bobbing. Yeah. He's bobbing for planets. You know when we had those chicken wings earlier, like yeah. that. <laughs> we did go out for chicken wings, and they were delicious. Uh, I could have eaten a whole planet's worth. <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting getting Mobius back because I know we're talking about this episode and not last episode, but the end of last episode was mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. I had 30 seconds watching those credits Mm. just coming to terms with going, did they just kill the only two male characters? Did this suddenly become a female-driven Marvel (laughs) property? Yeah, I I know. Like, how insane. Like, I I actually thought for a second... Oh my god! They're 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 gonna stick to this. This is gonna be a thing. Yeah. And then obviously we got the post the mid credit scene where Loki yeah. lands in the void. But you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's not gone. But is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But yes. it could have. It could have. And for a brief moment, it, the the possibility was was incredible. See, I was just thinking of the the hazmat bean from Doctor Who. Transmat. You did this last time too. Sorry, the hazmat <laughs> trans. And also, I said a, a, a hazmat bean instead of a ha- transmat beam. With an M. Sorry. That was Marie Curie's problem, was yeah. a little hazmat bean. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, for some reason, I just thought the idea of, oh, no, we're, we're sticking them with this special device that kills them, but it never says. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so that's a teleport rod. Well, no, it is a, it is a pruning rod. So, so they, they're pruned from the main timeline, but in a fantastic bit of gobbledygook, they say that they can't destroy matter outright, so they have to take it somewhere. They have to send it somewhere. So basically, yeah, it's, it's a it's a transport rod rather than a, a disintegration rod. It's a steps. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Also, with Ravonna in that scene with Sylvie early on, she is telling Sylvie some truths then, but she's also stalling for time and talking about a spaceship that can traverse the void and get to the time at the end of time well yeah i mean i think we're, we're supposed to take as true the fact that 
she doesn't know who the timekeepers are. Like, she's just as confused by this as anyone. You know, we, we were wondering last week about how much she actually knows. Like, did she actually know that the timekeepers are just empty androids? And it seems like maybe she doesn't. Yes. So if that's the case, then she's just as curious as everyone else to find out what the hell's going on. Yeah, but there's one thing that's been shelved, which we haven't sort of, one Chekhov's gun that's yes. been stored on a shelf in her office and hasn't ah, yes. been fired, which is... Mm-hmm. Who is that other person who is working for her? Yes. Oh, you mean the other analyst? Yeah. The other Mobius. Yeah. The theory that we had was that it was another Mobius and that she's got like multiple Mobiuses all working for her. But yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Like, is that going to come into play or is that going to be a, a fun little Easter egg or something? Mm. That, that would be weird not to pay off. So yeah, hope, hopefully this, they do something with that. Could it be like that where Howard the Duck appeared in one of the Guardians? Of the Guardians? <laughs> it's Howard, Howard the Duck. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Lots of people would, but I wouldn't. <laughs> and then the, the final thing on my list uh, really quickly was uh, pay no attention to the man behind the giant smoke monster. So they, they obviously, they you, you're right, Dan. It was in many ways a holding pattern episode. Thank you. They had to. They had to only taken you 40 minutes. They had to open the door. I, I loved it. I mean, I think I think it was necessary. That they did a lot of really good character stuff in here that was necessary, I think. And I think they had to establish that stuff's going wrong and, and they had to get the pieces in place because obviously Mobius is going back to the TVA for the final episode. Uh, so presumably he'll have a confrontation with Ravonna there and Loki and Sylvia going forward to the man behind the smoke monster. Uh, who, as as you said, as as I've been saying, we've been smugly dancing around the fact that it might be this person, but actually the more I watch of the show, I'm like, actually that makes no more sense and it makes a lot more sense. I think Nat said this um, a couple of episodes ago, it makes way more sense if it's another Loki. I think it's going to be- I think Did it, I say that? I'm very smart. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right about that. She is very smart. I don't I don't remember saying that. I don't think it's going to be a, a another Loki. I think it's going to be a different variant, though. Yeah. Oh, an evil Thor? Probably not an evil Thor. I think it's going to be a, somehow set up from the beginning. And I guess we did have a little bit of Thor in this. And maybe it's an evil Thor. Maybe it's an, a variant Odin. But I reckon it's going to be a variant Mobius who's evil. Oh, that's cool. Well, that would make sense. Maybe he's the other analyst. Who knows? But then how does I'm, Mo- Mobius I, has to get a jet ski. That has been I set don't, up. I don't want to make predictions because all the predictions I hear on this show are always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, okay, so here's the setup. You've got the TVA and their job is to take people out of their lives and then mm-hmm. banish them to a place in the void at the end of time. Where they will be eaten by a giant smoke monster. They've destroyed their lives. They're throwing them somewhere where then waiting for some sort of interstellar dog to eat them. And their house is in the same place. Out of the entire multiverse, they go to the exact same place as all the people who they wrong through this scheme. This is like if Adolf Hitler set up an office above Auschwitz. (laughs) This is a terrible idea. All the people with the most anger at the people running it are being sent to the same place where that person is behind a dog. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Well, maybe they're not very bright. But there's also, I mean, like, it's an extraordinary set of circumstances that lets them enchant the Alioth or whatever they're calling him and and Aliath. Aliath. He's Um, like Goliath? Goliath, yes, exactly. So they need Um, David to uh, hit him with a stone from a sling. Yeah. (laughs) Aphid with a PH. Little aphid, yes. (laughs) Aphid and Aliath. 
that old chestnut. It's not a spatial thing. It's it's a time thing as well, because we get told multiple times that they exist beyond the void. So the, the void is the end of time. And but it turns out beyond the void just means over the back fence. Of sure, the void. sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you know. just Just go over there. That's beyond the void. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, just going, I'm just going beyond the shops. Yeah. So the other shops? Yeah, beyond the shops. And it also looks like... <laughs> It looks like they're going to meet Mr. Darcy because, you know, that fancy manor house. It looks more like Hogwarts to me. I think (laughs) think Harry Potter is the TVA. (laughs) Hermione in a time turner. She just, she enjoyed that time. (laughs) She, She finally went mad with power. Yeah. If Disney had the rights to Harry Potter, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I would be blown away if that happened. Eventually, all of our cultural properties will be owned by Disney and then they can all appear all together simultaneously all at once. It's going to happen. That is terrifying, but anyway. (laughs) Or just wait until they all slip into the public domain and do it. Yeah, that'll happen with Disney. They're really cool. They'll they'll allow that to happen. Yes. How are they going to keep getting around that? Money. They will just keep. Throwing money at it. Who are they paying? How are they? The devil. Lawyers. <laughs> no, but like, is is it the gov- is it the American government? And and doesn't the public domain rules change country by country? How can they do that every? No, they, they just keep amending it, and they do it in every country. They just keep pushing it up and up and up. That's why they still own Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse should be in public domain by now, but he's not because they just extend the the period that you are allowed to still own a character. I I really really enjoy having all my superheroes uh, in one spot, but the process to get them all there. <laughs> Means that there's a giant evil media conglomerate that yeah. owns them all. It's it's a very mixed. It's a very uh, monkey's poor situation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Stu, you've covered most of the important things that I had also written down, but I'll go through my list as well to see if there was anything else that I noted down. I wrote, that was so fun, possibly the most fun hour of TV that I've watched this year. Loved the, all the Loki variants. The fight was straight out of Xena. How was Mobius there? I've talked about <laughs> that. Sylvie is so cool. And once again, just a shout out to the styling because her hair, I just want her hair, man. Her She's hair. got good hair. Have you seen, oh. there was a lot of articles this week about her costume in particular no. um, because it turns out the actress was actually, had recently oh. given birth. Yeah, she was breastfeeding. So they yeah, made she was breastfeeding. So they, they, they made two boob windows in the, in the costume so she could like express and, and feed her baby. Wow. Which is great. Doing all those stunts. And she's so tight. Oh, my God. Now I just feel even worse about myself. <laughs> she's very cool and she's very charismatic, but she doesn't seem too cool for Loki, who does seem like really nerdy, especially when it comes to showing affection. Like they're both as awkward as each other around each other. Yes. And that is very satisfying to watch. Because mm. they could have easily fallen into the trap of making her just awesome and cool and, and yes yeah and yeah. sort of and there being a sort of a, a status difference between them when yeah. they're doing that stuff but they're both so wonderfully awkward in that and usually status between characters is interesting to watch shift but having them both struggling so much is just really gratifying to watch well yeah she talks there about not having had a friend before or ever having friends or, or having any friends and then they, he talks about, you know, what do we do after this when this is all over and maybe we can find out together. And it's kind of romantic, but it's also friendly and it's just really sweet and I loved it. Also, they were like weird headless chicken things. <laughs> <laughs> Those were cool. They were very, very cute. Those were very fun. As far as I know, not a comic book reference. I think they're just a fun design thing. They kind of reminded me of like 
the Porg in Star Wars or something, like the kind of yeah, cute, a little bit, yeah. cute bird characters that didn't have a face. They just had like a head. That- Reminded me of the chicken from Moana. Yes, that just yes. had no <laughs> Yeah. So I also wrote down with the Lokis that lovely line where Tom Hiddleston, as in our point of view character Loki, says, this is my nightmare. Like all these Lokis are staring at him back and he says, this is a nightmare. And, and it's like <laughs> that lovely recognition, not so much as Sartre said, hell is other people, but in his case, hell is himself. he's reached a point of self-awareness where he now cringes at himself he's got Loki cringe and I love that I just found that really fun and then the other thing I wanted to say is oh B15 Hunter B15 Ravonna went and had a chat with Hunter B15 about you know why she helped Sylvie and what she's seen and that sort of thing and this was just a lovely great intense small scene with these two women just like fiercely, you know, and, and look, I know we talked last week about how Hunter B-15 kind of flipped pretty quickly, going from being a devoted kind of cultist to a rebel. She um, had Loki in her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. That'd flip you. I know, but also a lovely moment of saying, oh, you just want to find out what hap- what happens with the timekeepers. She needs to find out. I'm intrigued by the difference there. And and Tom Hiddleston also referenced that when he was telling the other Lokis about, have you ever met a woman version of us? And they were all like, oh, God, no, that would be terrifying. And he's like, yeah, she is, but that's kind of what's great about her. <laughs> There's something about her that has the ability to, and maybe it's, as you say, because when she was a kid she was a good Loki. So it's not that she was created the goddess of mischief and she was a woman or something, but because she was created the goddess of mischief to be a good goddess. Well, also the, the distinction that I found there was just the fact that when they say like Loki wants to go there, Sylvie needs to go there. Sylvie's been on this mission since she was a little kid. Yes. Her yeah. entire life has been building to this. Whereas like, as Loki points out, and again, as you have to keep in mind every once in a while, it's only been a few days since the yeah. like the main Loki was leading the Chitauri invasion of New York. And he even said that when he he had this rant, a lovely kind of traditional style. I don't know how long I've been here. In fact, I don't know how long it's been since New York. I just woke up here and you're here and you're here and there's an alligator and that's not even the weirdest thing. (laughs) so yes, so yeah, but he's he's converted pretty quickly. A few other things, just thinking about no. So B fifteen, uh, I loved that little scene with Ravonna. Hopefully mm-hmm. she'll turn up again. I kind of hope that maybe she'll find a way to prune herself and go join them or something. And the other thing was, given that she was declared dead last episode, um, C twenty, the one who went mad when Sylvie enchanted her, she went a bit yeah. nuts, and then they pruned her, or we assume they pruned her. I was thinking, oh, is she going to turn up in the void? Like, would she have turned up there? Oh, yeah, I mean, well, theoretically. But- they may not be pruning them. They may just be killing them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what I wondered. Is there, a, is there a, like a switch on the pruning device that goes from like kill or prune? Well, there was also, I mean, at one point that there's like a pointy end to it as well. So Yeah. 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 It acts as sort of a bayonet. You just prune their aorta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could literally or figuratively prune them. But, yeah, so look, she could show up. And then I was like, why aren't there other people that they've pruned there? But I assume the whole point is they've been consumed by the dog already. That sort of the that would be mm. way out of that. Yeah, just, they arrived. They went. What the hell's going on? And they got pruned. And it's only the Lokis and Mobius who was just only the there. lucky Lokis. Yeah. The other thing, a few other things. The kid Loki, he had daggers, 
he made daggers. And then yes. the classic Loki talked about conjuring and saying when he was talking about how Thanos killed us and he was like, no, 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 your daggers mean nothing next to my conjuring. So do the Lokis have different powers? This is what I was trying to work out. And, and at one point, Kid Loki conjures the dagger that he gives to Tom Hiddleston, our point of view Loki. Yes. Use while going into battle against... So why yeah, I mean, it's all it's all Loki. I mean, it's all powers that Loki has. It's just that they all seem to have focused on different ones. That's the conceit at the end where yeah. she says, you can do it because I can do it. Yeah. We're much more powerful than we realize. And they have yeah. to see classic Loki conjure an entire realm to go, wow, he's really powerful, but he's just me. We're really powerful. Yeah, we're him and he's us. So we can do that too, or we can do something just as powerful. Let's tame a dog and go to Hogwarts. <laughs> There is that lovely thing where he distracts, he's trying to distract the dog and Sophie's trying to enchant it, but then the dog just goes immediately for Sophie anyway and he has to run run after her and then they do it together. They do it they together. They do it together. But yeah, I was just wondering what's the difference and why couldn't Loki conjure, he could conjure a blanket, why couldn't he conjure his own daggers? Why did Kid Loki have to give him one? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe they can all do that, but the kid is like, I'm going to make this big gesture. Yeah, maybe. But then Loki conjured a holder for the knife to go yeah. on his back. But still didn't conjure himself a jacket to protect against the cold and the wind and the, and the doggy breath. Look, I, yeah, me. it's all very symbolic, Natalie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I also very much enjoyed all the alligator jokes and how Richard E. Grant could understand him. Yes. And he had a go at boastful Loki ended up like trying to strangle alligator Loki <laughs> they like tried to wrestle them apart and the alligator got flung back in the kitty way <laughs> yes did you see that I, I, I there was uh some behind the scenes stuff posted and apparently there was a little plush blue alligator that was actually physically on set for them to interact with oh yes the picture had the tag this is the most frustrating and egocentric act performer I've yeah. ever had to work with <laughs> It's very cute. It's just like a, it's 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 painted blue so they can paint it out later and put the CGI alligator Loki in. But there's something that they're interacting with, so yeah, it's very funny. Oh, there he is! Oh my god, <laughs> it's got the googly eyes. Yeah, it's got the googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> also, that alligator could really pick up the clip when they were running away from. Oh, that the... was a fast-moving reptile. That yeah. was. Uh, and they can move fast, obviously. Yeah. But over a fair distance but that, as well. But do they jump? Do, like, do they just sort of rocket across the room and bite <laughs> their hands off? Yeah. I don't know. They do if they're the god of mischief. Yeah, there you go. That's that's mischief. <laughs> that is mischief. Biting off someone's hand is definitely mischievous. Well, I think that's really all for my list. What do we predict now going into the final episode, Dan? Uh, it doesn't matter. You're always wrong. Like That's the great <laughs> thing is that we'll all get to be surprised. <laughs> that's such a good point like, like it, it is true like, like I mean we've been predicting that you know it, it's going to be a certain person or it might be another Loki or whatever but it'll probably be none of those things or, or it might be something but in a different way that we were predicting like it, they, they always seem to come up with something interesting which is really fun yeah look the, this show has been all about variants and like Loki being the variant and then everyone else being the variant and it's all about variants it's going to be another variant yeah. Or in some way related to the variant. Or it's going to be like the original of someone who is supposed to be a variant, but it's it's going to play on the things that the show itself has already structured. Oh, I just it's, thought of it, something. It's not going to be Doctor Strange. It's not going to be Iron Man. It's going to be a variant. Or, and hear me out, Mephisto. <laughs> no, 
know, I just thought of something, and this could be what was my prediction? I had a great prediction for that uh, WandaVision that Dick Van Dyke would appear. <laughs> yes, it's Dick Van Dyke at the end of the that universe. Was a great prediction. Like, that was a 10 out of 10 quality prediction. Just because it didn't happen doesn't make it less of a good prediction. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. What if it's Sylvie who goes out to search who set up the TVA and it's her? Oh, of her. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's really good, actually. That is really good. It's a variant of her, so she's fighting herself, and either she's either she's a good Loki or a bad Loki, or they're all the same Loki, or it's. But you're missing the point. It's not who; it's why. Yes, but why? Why prune yourself? Why organize for yourself to be pruned? Why create a pure timeline? Because she's in a time loop. You know, they've been talking about those time loops. They show that she even said that to Sylvie. She said, I'll, I'll put you in a time loop. You can live out your days in a good memory. And she says, but do you have any good memories? And Sylvie says, only one really, which I took to mean her getting to know Loki on Lamentus. Yeah, touching him on the arm. Yeah, that's Ooh. what I That's what I took as a good memory. <laughs> but maybe her good memory was just being a kid in Asgard. And do you know what I mean? Like mm. so maybe it's something to do with, with time loops and something to do with her mm. having a good memory and... What about you, Stu? What are you predicting? I've been solidly predicting the entire time that it will be the person, the, the character Kang. that I haven't been, Kang. I've been studiously not naming. Just say Kang. It's, it's yeah, it's Kang. Um, <laughs> but the uh... <laughs> nobody who doesn't know what Kang is even knows what that means. And That's true. I was I was trying Kang. to be. I was trying not to. I didn't want to do the thing where I say in episode one, oh, it's definitely going to be this character, and then it. It's basically just a giant spoiler. But like the, the more that I see of this show, I think I think you're right. I'm coming around to the view that it's probably going to be a variant of some description. Whether Kang is a variant of something, like I don't know. Oh, I don't know whether that's... it's straws, my friend. Maybe the variant that's doing it all is the Enchantress version of Sylvie. Sure. Talking about the Enchantress. Yes, absolutely. So maybe, yeah, maybe that is actually actually that's really that's really interesting. If if the theory that it's it's a Loki variant that's like Sylvie and not like Tom Hiddleston, yes, then it could that they could get the Enchantress that way, which is actually really interesting. That could and be so cool. maybe maybe the reason that she was pulled out is because she is the girl Loki as well as being a hero wanting to be a hero Loki. Mm. But she is a girl, Loki, and the Enchantress is like, no, 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 only men can be allowed to cause mischief because they're the motherfuckers in this town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, men fuck things up. Let's let's be real. I mean, like, historically, the, you you are proved right, yes. Like, women do too. It was just a joke. It was just a joke. <laughs> 5,000 years of patriarchal rule was just a joke. Come on, guys. Have a sense of humour. Ah, oh, chicks. <laughs> But, I mean, chicks do too, obviously. Like I, you know, almost ate a fly for dinner. Things happen that we're not proud of. But, like, on a historic level, in terms of on a point-to-point basis. Don't eat flies for dinner. I didn't. It's not nutritional. I didn't. It just one flew into my mouth. You were there. You saw it. You didn't laugh. You snatched it out of the air and put it <laughs> no, in your I mouth. No, I did not. You were starting rumour mongering that I It was I like Renfield out of Dracula. Yeah. Maybe, no. You're, maybe, you're, maybe it's Frog Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> frog clumsy natalog no that doesn't sound like a that frog. just sounds like me during the day when i don't want to do anything that sounds like you when you're sleeping through your alarm clock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay well i'm gonna bet money on sylvie being involved somehow whether it's her or her as this <laughs> somehow i think she'll be in the next episode in some no, no, capacity no, no, no. as the villain as the big bad 
it's it's going to be Reed Richards. Reed Richards? Well, I mean, if it's Kang, it'll be Franklin Richards, but... I don't know what that meant. <laughs> Stupid comic book nerd shit. <laughs> Were you a big comic book nerd, Dan? No, I, I didn't like the medium very much. It, it felt too much like a soap opera where, like, I like my stories to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And comic books are all like, here's more middle, here's another yeah, middle. Yeah, comic books never end. They don't end. They just have chunks of story that you hope are satisfying in the same way that episode five of Loki was <laughs> a chunk of story in the middle of a story that was kind of satisfying but wasn't a necessary part of the whole story. So in that way, it's very much like comic books. And I think that's why I'm responding so positively to it, because it is so comic booky, both in like its execution, like it, like the visuals, but then also like the fact that, yeah, you're right. Like they have been taking, especially this series, they've been taking multiple episodes to just sit and have an episode where this is the episode where we do this. I actually think that's really cool. I, I, I think a lot of streaming shows perhaps have lent too heavily on just being like one long 12 hour movie. And I like that this show is like, no, no, this episode is the one where this happens. This episode is the one where this happens. I found a lot of the Marvel films to be a little bit hit and miss. And I, with these TV shows, I realized maybe it's not that the films are bad. It's just that they're too short. And when you have time to breathe, you can. it can be really pleasant to just enjoy a nice, slow-paced story. Mm. And Loki's been wonderful for that. Which is hilarious because I, I, I remember saying in the first episode that this is such a fast-paced show. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> they, they do so much. Like, they hit the ground running. They get so much out of the way at the start. I'm like, oh, man, every single episode of this show is going to be a mile a minute. And then, like, there's been at least two episodes now where they just sort of sit for a while, which isn't a bad thing. Like, I, lo I love these characters. I love I love what the show's doing with them. I love what they're, 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 like, seeing them bounce off each other. It's been really, really fun. Yes. Every week I finish the episode and go... Oh my God, I can't wait until next episode. Yeah, that's right. That's amazing. That's, that's what you want, yeah. Did we want to talk about the What If trailer that dropped? Yes, absolutely. About that because I actually did watch it. So that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you'll have to explain to me, though, what What If actually is. I'll pass it over to Stu again. <laughs> So What If is an animated series. I think it's going to be uh, six episodes long, uh, or it might be a little bit longer, actually. But a ten. Is it ten? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. That's going to be awesome. So basically... Well, might be filler. So... <laughs> sure. Know, yeah. Know. <laughs> so basically, it, it does what in the DC universe is called Elseworlds stories. So basically, they're... they're literally what if stories so the, the one of the episodes is going to be what if instead of steve rogers taking the super soldier serum peggy carter took the super soldier serum and she becomes captain britain oh. you know uh one of them is what if t'challa was taken by yondu instead of peter quill and became star lord instead of black oh. panther so they're going to be sort of individual episodes like self-contained yeah it seems that way and they're, and they're going to have the linking device of uatu the watcher um who is a character from the comics um he's a uh, He's a guy who lives on the moon and he's got a big stupid head. Okay. Um, and basically his job is to watch things and he just sits there and watches. Uh, so he's not allowed to interfere. So he's a really weird audience surrogate. He's got a Netflix subscription. Is yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> or should I say a Disney Plus subscription? Yes, exactly. I am the watcher. 
I watch things. Yeah, I mean, I'm using my mum's account, but it totally counts. You realise we've been in a pandemic situation down here for 18 months. We are all just the watcher at this point. <laughs> I just saw this thing about this guy who has a tiger farm. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> oh, actually, on, on very tangentially related to that, do you guys want a, a fun well, fun. I'm, I'm overselling it, but do you want a, a, a story about that? So you know that they're making various spin-offs of Tiger King, right? Right, like various media properties related to Tiger King. I think it's yeah, going to be a series, like a, and there's like a movie and and yeah, there's a movie with Nicolas Cage, but then a TV series with somebody else or something. Yeah, it's like some weird thing. So anyway, I think it's a bit on the nose to cast someone with the name Cage. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when they hired Roger Moore to be James Bond. <laughs> yes. That's very true. But basically, one of them is being made here. I had no idea. Like, I, I and I don't know exactly which one. I think it's like Young Joe Exotic or something. There's like a, it's like a prequel. <laughs> I don't know if this is actually like the thing, but basically, long story short, it's filming like on the Gold Coast and they're doing some um, locations and pickup stuff in and around Brisbane, apparently. And my dad is a vet and has like a veterinary practice. Oh my God, Sue. And they are using his veterinary practice as like an external shot, like just an exterior shot. And so they've had to book the car park in front of his practice for a day so that they can shoot some shots for the Young Joe Exotic movie. Oh my Isn't that weird? Isn't that the weirdest thing you've ever heard? Can't we do something better, humanity? Like... (laughs) Do we have to, if you'll excuse the phrase, lionize this idiot? <laughs> Can't we do? There are hundreds of thousands of people out there with better ideas for something to entertain us. But guy belongs in jail. We're all happy about that. We don't need to know more about him. Well, also, the thing that annoys me about all the media properties springing up around Tiger King is that the idea of a piece of fiction based on Tiger King fundamentally misunderstands what everyone responded to in Tiger King. Yes. Like, the, the whole draw of Tiger King is that you cannot believe that these are real people. Yes. And if you make a movie or a TV show, then it's not real people. It's just a bunch of actors doing stupid stuff unbelievable stuff that no one would ever yes, write. That's right, exactly. And and just the documentary form is so well suited to telling those stories and letting them speak for themselves. And then I guess, you know, there's always shaping involved in how, how they, they come across. But, yeah, it is very bizarre. And the thing is, though, I'll probably watch at least one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like just to see what, see what it's like. fucking dare. <laughs> dare to sit here and not have watched a hundred of the greatest films ever made and the, the and with Stu constantly getting to the point where Stu's like, of course you haven't watched this incredible film, you're Natalie, <laughs> and then to go out there and pay your money to watch that drivel. <laughs> how dare you? You know, before we started podcasting tonight, Dan said to me, I have to get all my negative uh, energy out of the way so people don't think I'm an asshole." to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're on my side in this case. All right, fine. If I watch, like, The Shawshank Redemption, can I watch Tiger King? You haven't watched The Shawshank Redemption? Not Dan, only- she has had my DVD of The Shawshank Redemption for over 10 years. 
That's longer than Andy DeFranco was sent to prison. <laughs> Andy DeFranco. <laughs> Shit, I was about to spoil the show, Shank Redemption. <laughs> I was about to make a great joke and it would have spoiled it. Damn it. Oh, right. You can say it. I no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You can say it. I'm really sorry. Natalie's never going to watch it. (laughs) I will. I will. It's just, it's one of those things when you know when you sort of miss the window of like, oh, I really should have seen that. And you've gone so far beyond. Now it's kind of a thing. (laughs) It's a thing now. It's part of your brand. I do want to watch it. I do. But in all seriousness, you you, you do remember this, don't you, Nat? Like you literally have my copy of Shawshank Redemption that I gave to you over a decade ago. Because back then, I was like, how have you not seen The Shawshank Redemption? It's like one of the greatest films. Here you go. Here's my DVD of it. Nothing. I'm so sorry, Stu. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible person. Well, this has been the Raven on Podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash Girl Clumsy. Big thank you to our co-host, Stu, and to the amazing Natalie Bohensky. I've been the special guest, Dan Bruce. <laughs> Come back next week for the final episode of Loki. <laughs> Did I miss anything? At, yes, you're at DNA Beast. Oh, no one wants to follow me on Twitter. Yes, they do. <laughs> DNA Beast, B-E-A-S-T-E, not, not B-E-E-S-T-E. Correct. Yeah. Disco Stew doesn't need to advertise, but he is at Disco Stew on Twitter. I am at Girl Clumsy. Please. Yell at me via Twitter. I welcome it. I welcome your castigation. Castigation. Castigate me, baby. Castigate me. (laughs) So many things. But, yes, thank you, Dan, for wrapping up the podcast and for guesting on the podcast. Stu, as always, an absolute pleasure. Oh, and thank you to the patrons for all your patronage. Uh, Natalie's really just scraping. She's eating cat food at this point. <laughs> <laughs> she got a, a she got a thing on her phone saying they're going to cut her internet internet off in forty eight hours. So <laughs> not a moment too soon, patrons. So oh, I think that was a scam call, but yes, I did get a call saying we are cutting your internet in forty eight hours. <laughs> They spelled internet with a U, though, <laughs> and an umlaut. Okay. I'm going insane now. <laughs> I'm not able to breathe any longer. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for coming on the podcast. Love you all. Thank you to all the listeners. You're amazing. Thank you for putting up with me. We will see you on Twitter or Facebook or on the internet somewhere. The internet. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> If it's not cancelled. <laughs> or if we're not cancelled. <laughs> it's mutually assured us destruction at this point. <laughs> did we take a happy guess by accident or did not? <laughs> Somehow you and I have both taken it. I don't know how that <laughs> Well, thank you. I can't thank people enough. Uh, we really appreciate you listening to our Loki podcast. This has been Raven R. We will see you next week for final amounts of glorious purpose. Hey. hey.